I'm past the point of return, it's for the legacy You know the road can feel cold, but this my destiny No more pretending or tripping over excuses Temper flare, need to take it out on music On a mission to be prolific, my objective is quite specific What's up everybody, welcome back to another episode of Resilient Man Project I'm Jonathan York, I'll be your guide on this journey to resilience Guys, hope you guys are having a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, night, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. I sure appreciate your support. Uh, if you are listening on Apple, if you go to the top right, click the three dots, follow the show. I'll be waiting on you on Wednesday morning. All other platforms, Resilient Man Project, YouTube, if you like video, Resilient Man Project. Find us on social media, pretty consistent, Resilient Man Project. Follow us, like us, engage with us. Send a message. I'm the guy on the other end responding. Love to hear from you. Well, it's a big day for Resilient Man Project. We have our first lady in the house, Miss Tracy, <laughs> Tracy Taylor. I met her uh, a few months ago. Now we're in a, a coaching uh, program together, and um, she is the host of Egocentric Podcast and the owner of Fido Fit. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. Hey, no problem. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of value here, uh, guys. Um our ladies, whichever one that's listening, um, because Tracy's gone through some some things and uh, has some you know direct impact on on men and and maybe the way we do things or, or maybe you're in a relationship right now and you don't understand some things. So uh, I'm just going to kind of hand it over to Tracy and let her tell her story and uh, as questions come up, I'll, I'll jump in. But take it away. All right, thank you again so much for having me to, to share the story and to hopefully share some perspective. So I was in an eight year long relationship, four of those years we were married. Um, and it was just an interesting experience for me. As I think most people, when they get married, they think this is forever. I'm not gonna give up, they're not gonna give up on me. And you learn that things aren't as, as easy as that all the time. Um, and I guess I should just jump in and say that I am in that statistic of women who have filed for divorce and decided that the relationship was no longer benefiting me as a human being. So my approach to most of things in life isn't about a man or a woman. It's more just, I'm a human, you're a human, we're two humans trying to coexist, trying to share a life together, build a life together. It has to be mutually beneficial for both people involved. Sorry, my cat is trying to get in this. You might hear the door. Um, so it's it's about being mutually beneficial. And I think a lot of women get to a point where it's not benefiting them anymore, right? We're, we're working our butts off. At least this is the general um, collective woman perspective is like we're working our butts off out of the house we're working our butts off inside of the house um i am fortunate enough and i say that loosely to not have children so i don't have that same burden that a lot of other women have in terms of child care on top of household chores on top of a job or a career or hobbies or self-care and that sort of thing I raise animals and that's a lot easier to get away from, to get a break from. You're not hurting anyone's feelings when you say I've had enough, it's time to go lay down or be by yourself. Dogs don't get their feelings hurt the same way a kid is gonna 
feel the impact of that rejection in that moment. Even if the parent really is tired and needs a break, they don't understand. So I don't have that same burden as a lot of other people do, but still there's a loneliness that I experienced in the relationship that for me, and actually Marshall posted something recently about real men don't leave their families. And there was a, a huge conversation on that post about men leaving and why don't they leave if they're unhappy, right? Like that was what I was experiencing was my husband was really unhappy. So why are you still here? Like we don't have kids. Like we don't have that same sort of glue that's holding the relationship together. What's keeping you here if you're so miserable and you're, you're miserable to be around, you're miserable to solve problems with, like... I don't know how many times he's stated, I, I hate my life. I hate this house. I hate this car. I, I was like, well, what, what? <laughs> I think we all want to feel like we're making somebody happy. And I think a lot of men experience that issue is that they feel like they're not good enough. They're not doing enough. And they have that sort of complex. Like if she's not happy, then I'm not enough. But women have that same complex. Like if you're not happy, me and the kids, me and the dogs, me and the whatever, we're not enough, right? To make you happy, to keep you happy, to keep you in a positive mood, to bring on some level of gratitude. And I was missing a lot of that, a lot of just gratitude and appreciation for who I was as a human, what, who I was as a partner, the whole nine. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to that, both men and women. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, for sure. I, absolutely. I mean, you definitely want to feel, uh, you know, loved and you want to feel uh, appreciated, right? Absolutely. And I also, for me, wanted to know that I had somebody that I could solve problems with. It wasn't just... The problem is a problem in and of itself, right? We don't need to have bad attitudes in the midst of this problem. That's going to make things work worse. It's definitely not going to make it any better. Um, and in my relationship specifically, I learned to just be quiet, that just being quiet was the best way to avoid serious conflict or the conflict escalating beyond what it needed to be. Um, yeah. And I spent several years just being quiet and I, I did have a breaking point. I don't remember how many years, um, I, not to be dramatic, but to be a little dramatic. I spent so many years crying alone, crying by myself, going into my own space and like sitting in that space and trying to work out what's going on here. What's the problem in this relationship? Why are we so unhappy with each other? And not being able to come to my partner and saying, hey, you know, this is something I thought of while I was spending that time alone that could help us in our relationship. Because if I did that, it was like, well, now you're just ruining a good mood. Like I was in a good mood. You came in here, you're talking to me about whatever I let it go. I've moved on. And it's like, but I didn't, you know, like I've been in, alone in that space trying to figure out what our problem is. I don't want to just pretend like it's not a problem. So after like, I don't know, however many years, I would say a minimum of three years of just basically crying alone and solving problems on my own and trying, trying myself to just be grateful for what was and what existed. Um, but recognizing that I wasn't even getting the very, I hate to say this because it's such a cliche in today's time right now, but the bare minimum of just the basic 
love <laughs> that you expect to receive in a relationship. And I didn't, I didn't understand. So I had a breaking point. I did start screaming at him and was like, I'm done crying by myself. No, you don't get to walk away this time. This time we actually need to solve something. And with every, in my opinion, every ounce of muscle that man had, he put me through a wall. And like, I mean, sent me flying off my feet, like into a wall. I was knocked unconscious. I woke up on the ground, like twitching. I honestly, for a moment thought I was paralyzed. Like I couldn't roll over. Like I was on my side and I couldn't roll over. I couldn't move. And of course now I'm really hysterical when I finally am able to like come to my senses. And I was like begging him to help me. I was like, you know, saying is help me, help me, help me, help me. Cause I couldn't stand up. It was a really traumatic experience and something that obviously did not need to happen. I left for a few days just to stay with a friend and calm down, but I did ultimately go back like a lot of women do um, and tried to forgive him, tried to move past it, but also felt like he wasn't getting into therapy. There was no real remorse. He didn't feel bad. And he was like, you shouldn't have been in my way. You shouldn't have been in my face. And it's like, after everything we've been through, I absolutely should have been in your face. I should have been in your face a long time ago. Like I've really been appeasing and quiet and, you know, patient and waiting. And at this point, where's the accountability? Go get help. (laughs) Yeah. Find why we can't talk to each other. Find why, you, like, he, he has kids from a previous relationship. And why don't you want them in your life? Like, there was so much that I felt like there needed to be addressed on his end that he was just like, eh, they'll, they'll get to know me when they get to know me. You'll forgive me when you forgive me. And it was like, I can't stay while you just do nothing to be a better human being. Wow. Yeah, I mean man marriage is is work you know and and if you're not willing to put in the work um it's you know that you're never going to succeed in it i mean me and my wife have you know we have been consistently working towards the marriage that that we want since we met you know and and is our marriage perfect by no means but if you don't have both people i can't even imagine you know if you if you don't have both people um striving for that um, doing what they can do, doing their part, being able to communicate with them. I mean, um, I don't see how that ever changes. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, and I don't think, I think that my ex is, uh, on like the severe end of the spectrum, right? Like there was a lot that was being ignored. I don't think that that's most men that they're just completely ignoring, their kids are completely ignoring their spouse or I do think that they genuinely think that they're doing what they can, but especially if they're in therapy. And I want to add for the listeners who might be critical of me right now. Uh, during our relationship, I also earned a psychology degree and I started an LLC. Like I was very much on my rise and like trying to be a better person all around, but better professionally, better in the relationship, better psychologically, better emotionally. I, I feel like, like you mentioned, both people have to be on that rise. Like when you start to see your partner growing, I feel like there's almost an obligation. If you want to stay with that person, you have to grow with them. Not in the exact same ways, but in some level, 
if they're improving, whether it's their fitness, their education, their spirituality, if they're moving in a direction and they're raising their frequency or raising their vibration, you're as their person should be prepared to rise as well and share that same frequency, share that same vibration of growth and, um, whatever that means, whatever that might mean for the listener, whatever growth means to them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah. Like two drug addicts can't stay together. One is trying to break an addiction. They can't stay with the other addicted person. Both people have to agree that we're breaking this addiction together. If we're going to remain united, if that makes any sense. So if like one has like a serious problem, whether that's an anger problem, lack of communication, whatever, and one goes and is like, I'm going to go attempt to improve myself in my communication, improve myself in, you know, my emotional intelligence, whatever that is. The the other partner has to be willing to say, you know, I can improve too. I can expand my vocabulary. I can expand my knowledge in whatever area. Like uh, for me, I had to really examine being a codependent. And codependence, one of the qualities, the main qualities of a codependent is attempting to control other people. And this is something I have to really work on. I have to recognize that I do that. It comes from a place of wanting to help or wanting to anticipate someone else's needs and and be there for them. But then there is this other aspect of, did this person even ask me for help? Do they want my help? Do they need it? Am I, how am I going to feel about helping them if they don't appreciate me afterwards? Right? Like, and then set my clear boundaries. Like, no, that's probably going to make me feel bad. So I'm not going to do it. Like later on, if you don't appreciate me the right way, I'm not going to feel right. And so I'm not going to do that task if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. You know, and codependents tend to link or attract narcissists. Um, I think that term is popular these days. Right now, everyone's talking about narcissism. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had yourself one there. Uh, Yeah. And and so that was another, you know, like, how do I break that? Because, you know, in my mind, it was like, I really love this person. And I also was like in this weird phase when I met him that, I wanted to work with a person. I was really detached from relationships, from romance and was any, any character flaw. I'd be like, yeah, moving on. You're not worth my time. And I felt like that was weird. Like that can't be the truth. (laughs) Like nobody's worth my time. All right. So I was like, I don't know, maybe I need to actually like work with another human being and be willing to work with somebody. And that turned into ignoring a, a lot of red flags and a lot of moments earlier on where I should have been like, I can kind of sense that this isn't right for me and letting it go early on instead of trying and trying and trying, which I think happens to a lot of people. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I'm just speaking from observation, but they get with somebody, maybe they have a child with that person the relationship was never really right. And so it's two people trying to make something right. That was never really right from the beginning. And again, that not only does do relationships require both people, but if that's the situation and you're like, just with the person trying to make it right, both people really have to be on board. Like what does right look like? And you know, the other thing I mentioned on Marshall's post was 
in the context of a relationship, and this is just my idea, but I'm here for you and you're here for me. Like we do still have ourselves. Like I'm still my own independent, you know, autonomous person and you're still your own autonomous person, but we come together to meet each other's needs, right? You have a need, I have a need. Can we honestly, reliably satisfy that need in the relationship? Again, whatever that is, right? Like we can, we can make it easy by talking about gender roles, but like, if I know for sure, I'm going to show up by doing the dishes and doing the laundry and you are for sure going to show up by taking care of the lawn and the cars and the gutters and you know, whatever, then do your job and I'll do my job. And together we're satisfying each other's needs and there shouldn't be any right of our argument, right? The argument starts to come up when there's a lack of appreciation, you're taking each other for granted or you're not doing the job the need, you're not satisfying the need that we discussed, that we're being honest with each other, not just trying to play some game to manipulate each other into satisfying the need, but being able to say, this is why I'm in this relationship. This is what yeah. I want from this. Yeah, I think back to, you know, earlier versions of, of myself and, and even from a previous marriage, like really messes, you know, mess, messy, messy versions of myself. And I, and you get, I think that a lot of men, um, get caught up in their own little world of what they had to deal with at work or what the amount of time or the, you know, what kind of just get caught up in their world. And, and then they just go to that. Well, she just doesn't really understand everything that I, that I go through everything that I do. And I think the men have to get to a place of self-awareness to, to be able to really kind of step, take a step back and, and look at the whole of the marriage um, and, and not get caught up in, in just, you know, what I do and, and vice versa, or the woman, you know, what, what, you know, this is, you don't have any idea what I deal with every day. And you know, I think there's a lot of that in marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. Right. It, it, again, I think it goes down to it depends on the dynamic. So I'm really lucky. Like I have to say, like I have a fantastic life. I have found a way to earn money from my home. And so I get, I get the best of both worlds. I get to make some money and pay for a nice lifestyle. And I get to stay at home and do all my chores. Right? So like my day gets to be broken up. So I don't have to like come home from work. And like, now there's stuff to do, you know, in addition to that. So depending on the dynamic in the marriage, um, and I'll say as a woman who has shared a home with a man, there does seem to be a disconnect in their mind, in the man's mind about what is being done around the house, what work is actually being done. And a lot of that is, and I've heard this over and over again, I just don't see it like you do. I just don't see the mess. I just, and as someone who even married and, but I've lived a long life by myself for a very long time before I met him and a little time after that. And I'll tell you, I'm just as messy. I'm just as messy as a man is. And sometimes I'll, I'll see these TikToks of women complaining about not getting help around the house. And I, and I'll be like, look at my house. I will get to it when I get to it. And I, and a lot of men say the same thing. I will get to it when I get to it. And I will, for the male listeners say this much. I think that there is a lot of time spent looking at each other in terms of what you are not doing. You are not helping me around the house. You are not picking up after yourself. And I can only speak for me. 
I can be a bit of a clean freak. I do enjoy tidiness, but I am also very, very messy. And I leave things on the counter that could just go to the trash. I come back around and I pick it up later. I definitely make more work for myself. So. But it's knowing I, your partner, right? It's knowing what what bothers them or what they would appreciate, right? Like it's it's doing things maybe that, you know, it don't, don't matter to you, but you mm-hmm. know they matter to her or him, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what marriage is, I think. It's, it's you know, that compromise, that, that sweet compromise or harmony or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it, it's genuinely, you know, wanting what, whatever your partner wants, and this isn't a marriage show or whatever, but like whatever your partner wants or your, your husband or wife wants, is, is knowing, knowing that and genuinely wanting to kind of fill that void or fulfill that, you know, that thing for them is mm-hmm. much less about you. It's more about, about them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My role is for you and your role is for me. Like if you're in a heterosexual relationship, really any partnership, really, again, you're here to satisfy a particular need. So yeah, what matters to me should matter to my partner ultimately. Um, But I, I have to say like, I, there's a level of my mind where I'm like, if, if you don't have kids, you have plenty of money, and for the most part, chores are getting done. What's there to argue about? What is the discord that exists between men and women aside from, I think we get to a point of taking each other for granted. That, and I think some people don't necessarily like know how to be happy. Like, I think there's some of that as well. Like, I think that just, you know, there's always kind of gonna be something, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, and I can see how I might even struggle with that a little bit. You, like if you let your guard like down, allowing yourself to be happy, right. right, right, instead of like looking for problems, which I know I have struggled with in in myself in my marriage was you know again setting boundaries and just being like, well, I'm going to do what makes me happy, regardless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like in terms of like the Resilient Man Project, um, I think it's important for men to look at themselves and to acknowledge their woman, acknowledge the work that she's doing, acknowledge themselves as well, who who they're being and how they're showing up. Mm-hmm. Which Make I think- sure she feels seen and safe and, and heard, right? Those are the three things that a, a woman must feel, right, to be- Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a work in progress. I mean, like I said, my wife and I's marriage is is by no means perfect, but like we are both, you know, on mission, uh, you know, for continuing to improve and continuing to get better and better. And I can say like today versus last month versus a year from, you know, a year ago versus when we first met, like we have made tremendous, tremendous strides and, I think, you know, a true partnership and, and, and you're a team, right? And, you know, you have to, you have to be, if you, if you can't count on your spouse, then like, who can you count on? Uh, I agree a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's shift a little bit because I wanted to, well, I got you on, um, man, I'm like super into visualization, manifestation, all these things. It's part of my daily routine. Now I've been intrigued by them for for quite a while, but I, I really started believing in it um, 
because of, you know, I spent three years in prison. And, and during that time, I imagined on a minute, almost like hourly basis or whatever, the life that I was going to build when I got out, <laughs> you know. And uh, it's amazing how fast that life happened when I got out. And I really think that I programmed my subconscious to build that life while I was in prison. So when I got out without even thinking about it, you know, the God universe, everybody, of course, played their played their role. But so I've been really intrigued with, with that whole thing and the, the mind and the things that we're capable of that we just don't understand, like super intrigued. I think we're capable of so much with healing ourselves with, with the law of attraction. Like there's just so much we don't understand. So. I'll let you take it away for a minute because I know this is your wheelhouse and, uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and just, so that's, that's, some good stuff on that. Yeah, this is actually a way better conversation. Um, so I love the law of attraction. I've actually been studying law of attraction for the last seven years um, alongside my getting my psychology degree. Um, and even before I started studying law of attraction, I have journals from like, I don't know, decades ago, talking about how we're just a vibration, how we're just an energy. And we do attract, this is, this is gonna be hard for the listeners that heard the first part of the conversation about you know being in a maybe a not well-matched relationship, but we do attract certain people and certain experiences into our life based on the way that we think and based on how we feel about ourselves. And so, for example, I was feeling weird about myself and then I attracted somebody that wasn't so awesome, right? So anytime we say something about ourselves, I am whoever, I am whatever, that's going to come to us, right? So I am an entrepreneur, right? I want, I couldn't work for anybody else. Like that's why I started my, my business Fido Fit because I could not work for another person ever again. Like I had decided after so many crappy jobs that I just can't, and I always having to start from the lowest level, no matter how far you work up in the dog industry. Anyways, you always have to start at the very lowest level. So I was never going to work for anybody ever again. And I started speaking that into existence. And I think that we do, we are constantly manifesting our reality, whether it's through our thinking, our words, what we say about ourselves, uh, how we feel mostly, but like how we feel about ourselves is like the big, if you feel like crap, you're going to experience crap. Yeah. If you're angry, you're going to experience reasons to be angry. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, to me, law of attraction and manifestations, the visualizations. I used to use visualizations in my dog training as well. Um, I used to work in rescue. So these dogs were having a hard time finding homes. They'd be in a foster home. The foster was trying to move them into a forever home. And I remember one dog in particular, her name was Melissa. The dog is Melissa. And Melissa was really aggressive, but this couple wanted to adopt her and the foster mom wasn't so sure we had done a lot of training but the dog still had like little issues so instead of doing any training session i took her through a creative visualization session where we just pictured melissa living her best life walking down the street getting love from people just you know being her best self and she got adopted and they never had any problems with her <laughs> so i i really believe in the power uh, that we can change the reality we can change what we see and i think collectively if we made some huge shifts in our overall attention and what we're paying attention to we could really change the world i agree with that 
100%. I think people need to stop watching TV and oh, go yeah. outside, go live and see that what we see on TV isn't really the truth. No, it's garbage. It's it's garbage with an agenda, 100%. 100%. And then uh, speak, to, speak to the ego. You know, so, I've heard some really good stuff from you on the ego online. Yeah, so I really do like talking about the ego because the ego is our point of attraction. It is our um, destiny, right? It's our self-concept. It's how we think and feel about ourselves. And that self-concept becomes a point of attraction for things in our lives. Um, the general sensation of feeling worthless. And I say a sensation because most people don't have this conversation in their head that I'm not worthy, right? They're not saying that to themselves. They just feel it. That's mm -hmm. that they're, they don't deserve something, whatever that thing is. Success. Uh, my friend, Nate, um, I don't think he would mind me talking about him, but he has this sensation of he can't improve his life. And, you know, so he doesn't and he can't, and he's kind of always down in the dumps. And that is because he believes that he is not capable of achieving greater success in his job or in his, you know, in his financial situation, his housing, whatever it is that he's dealing with. So that self-concept keeps him trapped to a certain lifestyle. And Joe Dispenza talks about if you want to change your um, personal reality, you have to change your personality. And your personality is just is just a series of habits that you're used to doing automatically. It's your automatic habits. So changing those automatic habits every day, right? Like anything we want to change. Fitness is another easy example. I just want to reach a certain level of health and fitness in my life. And so I'm going to watch what I eat and I'm going to make it to the gym three days a week, right? You have to shift into the, I'm that person. Mm -hmm. I am the person that goes to the gym at least three days a week. And then making sure your habits line up with that ideal of yourself. Yep. And before you know it, then you are someone different. And so Egocentric, the podcast that I host, is uh, really about just that, how your ego evolves. Wow. You don't want to stay the same. You don't want to be the same person. I know I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be the same person I was 10 years ago. It's right? really, I mean, I've never heard it put quite like that, but it really speaks to me over the last two years, man. I mean, I have completely, like, complete makeover like in two years from a spirit i mean i've always been fairly spiritual but i mean nothing like i am now you know my dropped 50 pounds got in shape and and, and i all attribute it all to small habits you know the like the book atomic habits but i haven't read i at this point hadn't read that i just read that book and i was like oh wow this is exactly what i did you know but it's 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 small habits on a daily basis they compound over time you know, before you know it, turn into medium habits, turn into life-changing habits. You know, then you wake up one day and you realize, holy crap, I'm not even the same person. 100%. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. And same, same for me. Um, you know, I had this self-concept when I was younger that I was stupid because I didn't do well in school. And when I went back to college, it was literally like, I don't even know. Just something was like, you got to earn a degree. It just has to happen. And 30 full-time job decided to enroll in school full time, lost my job while enrolled in school and then started my LLC and graduated with honors. And I was like, 
completely like four years overhauled my identity, you know, yeah. overhauled completely who I thought I was and what I was capable of doing. So, and that becomes your new point of attraction. So the more you evolve as a person, the, the different experiences you're attracting into your life. And I think that's really important for people to understand like the, the small, tiny habits, little things over time. For me, I tend to do big jumps. I tend to like just dive in like that. Like I'm, I'm going back to school out of nowhere. Um, but the small habits too that just change your, your life over time and change yeah. how you think. Even from being angry in traffic, you know, I used to have wicked road rage and I, I was in so many car accidents and I was like, I have to change how I feel about traffic. And now never, and I don't know, not to like knock on wood, like not to jinx myself, but like, I feel great in traffic. I don't even like experience traffic the same way other people do. I, I mean, even through all the growth, you know, I'm basically a year in uh, to my other business and I mean, 2022 was challenging, like financially from, from a standpoint of first time business owner, not knowing what the heck I'm doing to uh, the economy, you know, the inflation, Russia, like a week after I started the company, Russia, Ukraine started. So it's just, it's, you know, and, and not like that, but it was like these things completely out of my control, truck problem after truck problem. And, and there's just, I got to the point where I, I lived the whole year from a place of scarcity from a place of what's going to happen next oh my god what's next oh my god and i've lived the whole year like that and you know through christmas and, and kind of some downtime i made a mental shift going into 23 and uh i'm not even the same person i was a month ago like it's it's amazing you know if you can figure out how to do it how to shift that mindset man mindset is just it's critical to life. It's the way that you look at your life, the way you approach things. Um, that I mean, that's your life. I mean, how, how you view your life is your life, right? So, I don't know. I, I, I made that shift, and I was like, I'm, you know, no matter what 22 looked like or my the financial situation looked like at, at any given time, I'm operating, you know, from a place of abundance, from a place of, it's, you know, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And almost instantly I felt better and things started changing. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. amazing. Okay. I, I think so. If um, I could leave the listeners with two things about the law of attraction, it's, I would say the biggest habit we need to change is to just make ourselves feel better. Right. We think that in gaining something, money, the relationship, the job, in gaining what, whatever it is that we are pursuing, that we're going to feel better. And so at the core, what we want is to feel better, right? So when people say we shouldn't need the external validation, I think that it's, it's a bit misunderstood and that we, we shouldn't need the external thing to feel better. That if we feel better first, that external thing is coming towards us. Yep. But in not feeling better, we keep it away. Whatever it is that we're trying to, to you know, attract because <laughs> that's what it is of attraction i agree i love it man i love the i love the whole concept i love you know i just i just think there's so much that we are capable of our mind is capable of our bodies are capable of that we just we just don't understand and kind of been on this search to become like you know operating at like 
peak level, even if it's just for a little while, you know, see like how far that I can, I can take it, whether it's my nutrition or my diet or the way I work out or eat the way I read, you know, um, mm-hmm. but spiritual yeah. growth and, it, it, and it's all connected. You know, it's, it's all one thing, your mind, your body, your spirit, like if one's off, they're all off. Like it's, you know, it's, it's all a working organism. I agree. I agree with that. And I think in terms of spirituality, fitness and um, diet actually really matter. Nutrition and, and fitness matter because our body is conductive, right? It's magnetic. It's, you know, our, our thoughts and our feelings matter and the chemicals released when we eat certain foods, you know, we're, we're affecting ourselves and by eating crap, we just, we're, 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 we we are crap. You know what I mean? So we're going to attract crap. I think people really uh, take for granted their diet and their, their fitness because they don't think that has anything to do with it, but it does. It really does. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a really great time. Thank you so much, Jonathan. I had so much fun. All right, guys. If you got something out of the show, leave me a review or rating. That helps get more eyeballs on it. Help me grow this thing to what it can be. I appreciate you all. I love you all. I will see you next time. I'm past the point of return. It's for the legacy. You know the road can feel 